Samin, and we're going to be talking about Thanksgiving. What do you think about Thanksgiving, Divine? What do I think about Thanksgiving? Well, I think about my mama's famous stuffed turkey and potatoes. Well, I think it's about getting to, together with your friends and family. I wonder what Thanksgiving was like in the 1600s. We'll learn about that later in the podcast. On to Jacob Carter, Marilyn with the Puritan story. Thanks for the great intro. Now let's talk about the Puritans and Captain Miles Standish. The Puritans were from England and King James wanted them to believe in his religion. And if they didn't, they could go to jail. The Puritans traveled to Holland, but they didn't fit know how to speak Dutch, so they traveled to the New World, which is now the United States. It took them two months, and some people died for multiple reasons. Now on to Carter. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Jacob. Breaking news. We found Captain Miles Standish in Virginia. He said he traveled back in time to see the New World centuries after he saw it. Stay tuned for an exclusive interview with the one and only Miles Standish. Hello, Miles Standish. Can I ask you a few questions? Yes. Okay, then let's get started. How many people were aboard the Mayflower? There were 102 people aboard the Mayflower. How did many people aboard the Mayflower die? From extreme winter weather and storms, only half of us survived. Thank you, Miles Standish, for the amazing interview. Now on to Sarah Payton Nayon with the Mayflower. Thank you. I'm Sarah. I am Peyton. And I'm Neon. We will first tell you about John Howland. John Howland lived in London, England. He was on the Mayflower with about 100 other people. Wow, did John Howland just walk out of that time machine? Yes, I am John Howland. I actually fell off the Mayflower, but I obviously survived. What? How did you survive? I was going on deck, even though I was told to stay on the lower part of the Mayflower. A very strong wave knocked me off of the Mayflower. I went down, down, down into the icy cold sea. Then a rope came down from the ship. Then the men hoisted me up to the Mayflower. I need to go back to 1600s. Goodbye. 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 Now we will talk about the Mayflower. One of the main beams on the Mayflower was becoming loose, so the men on the ship had to jack it up. They were going to take a smaller ship called the Speedwell, but it leaked so much they had to leave it behind. The pilgrims were crammed together in the lower part of the Mayflower. When they first saw land, it wasn't Virginia. It was Cape Cod. Now it is time for you to learn about the Mayflower Compact. For, from Raghavan, Emily, and Gavin. Thanks, Neon and Sarah. We will be going live in a few minutes, but for right now, Gavin will be telling you about how the Mayflower reached the new land. The Mayflower saw the, saw the land on November 9, 1620, but they realized it was not suited for them, so they decided to continue their journey, which led them to Massachusetts Bay. Raghavan will be, will be going live now with with one of the saints. Here I am with one of the saints. Why did you realize you needed to work together with them? I'm Saint William. Well, I realized we, we would all die in the wilderness if we didn't. Gavin, did you know there are two differences between the two groups? The one group had it was really dangerous and could threaten their very survival in the new world. I didn't know how this was so life-threatening. 
If you have a little sibling, you probably know what it feels like to be stuck with somebody for a long time in an enclosed space like a car. The same thing happened with these two groups. If it wasn't for this peace treaty, they might have had war. That's all about the Mayflower Compact, and now on to Jake and his group about how landing at Plymouth, Plymouth Rock. Hi, I'm Camila. I'm Jake. And I'm Zelly. Today we're going to be talking about... Ring, ring, ring. Hello? What? You're from 395 years ago? How do you have phones? Use these facts. How'd you get this number? Still there. Hello? Sorry about that. I just got off the phone with a pilgrim from 395 years ago. What? No, you didn't. I did. They were telling me about their journey, and they left at a bad time. So when winter rolled around, it was very hard. Since it was so cold outside, no crops grew, and there was no food source. Unfortunately, along the way, 42 people passed away from their sickness. I'm guessing why so many people passed away is because they didn't believe in bathing. No bathing? Wow. These pilgrims were pretty weird. Eventually, everyone got lice, and since there was no cure back then, they were stuck with it for the whole trip. Along the way, the speedwell sprung a leak. Since it sprung a leak, everyone had to evacuate and go into the Mayflower. It was very cramped. On November 9, 1620, they spotted land. Also, on November 11th, they signed the Mayflower Compact. Finally, they landed on December 21st, 1620. Do you know who William Bradford is? Wow. What? No? Let me just tell... What Camilla tell you about him? William Bradford was the governor in the New World for 30 years. Also, he wrote in a journal the whole trip. The journal was used to find out many facts about the trip and what, what it was like. Although it was a very hard journey, the pilgrims settled in a land we call America. We are very thankful for that. Next up is Claire, Xavier, and Anna. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed. Thanks, Jake, Camilla, and Zoe. The Wampanoag were a group of Indians who helped the pilgrims during the cold winters when they first arrived. Massasoit and Tusquansa made a peace treaty which benefited both sides. When the pilgrims first came, a lot died because of the cold winter. Then Samoset was named a man free to speech, and he walked into the camp to greet the pilgrims. When the pilgrims met with Twisquantum and Samoset, they exchanged gifts with the colonists. On that day, Massasoit and Plymouth Governor John Carver created a peace treaty. The treaty lasted 50 years till King Philip's War. Squanta from the Wampanoag tribe served as a translator in order to keep the peace. He had been to England and learned English. And now to hear more about this peace treaty is Nolani, Wolfie, and Ryan. Alright, thanks Anna. Hey guys, it's Ryan, Wolfie, and Nolani here. We're talking about John Carver and the peace treaty. Why did the pilgrims offer a peace treaty to the Native Americans? They offered a peace treaty because they needed help surviving in this new world and to become allies with the Native Americans. Why was Squanto a help to the pilgrims? He helped them by communicating with the Native Americans. Hey guys, look what I found. Oh, is it an ancient artifact? Oh yeah, it is an ancient artifact. Nolani, how about you read it to us? Sure, Wolfie. Dear Diary, today we made peace with the Native Americans. We agreed not to injure or steal from one another, and we would not carry weapons when meeting with each other. And if the Wampanoag Nation was in justice the attack, we would help them. This was a good day for the pilgrims. Sincerely, Rose Parker. All right, that's all the time we have here. I guess I'll hand it over to Allison's group, talking about Tisquantum and the First Harvest. 
Thanks, Nolani, to Squantum, better known as Squanto, was a Native American who was captured by Englishmen and sold as a slave in Spain. He was sold to a very nice group of people who wanted him to return to his family. He went to England to wait for a ship to take him back home to the New World. Ten years after the Englishmen had captured him, he boarded a ship that would take him home. When he got to his old village, it was gone, so he went to live with the nearby tribe known as the Wampanoags. Can you imagine being away from your family for 10 years and then never able to see them again? Wow, that must have been hard. Hi, I'm Brianna. Soon after, Squanto encountered the pilgrims and he talked to them in English, which he learned in England. Squanto acted as a translator for the pilgrims and the Wampanoags and helped them make a peace treaty. Squanto taught them fishing, hunting, and farming. In the fall of 1621, the pilgrims had a feast and invited the Wampanoags. They ate deer, wild duck, lobster, fish, cornbread, pumpkin, squash, berries, and wild plums. That must have been an amazing feast after months of starvation. Next up is Raphael, who will be talking about the warfare. So, hi, I am. my name is Raphael, and I'm your host. And today we are getting a special call from Medicom, the chief of the Wampanoag. Hi, I'm Medicon. My dad, Massasoit Screst, was a great loss to the Wampanoag Indians, but then I became chief. But a couple of weeks later, I got captured and my people were not happy. And then my people started to rebel, which started the war, the Great War in 1675. Hi, I'm the co-host, Allie. Well, at least you're still alive, but why did they capture you in the first place? They were not happy about Massasoit's death and then and me becoming chief. So, Medicom, in the war, when did you die? They killed me during the war, so the Wampanoags moved west to, to ending the war. Sorry, we are getting a special another call from Bella, Tom, and Pranav. They, they will be talking to you about Lincoln and holiday traditions. <clears throat> Have you ever wondered how Thanksgiving became a national holiday? Well, we will tell you, and let's begin with Sarah Hale. She was born in 1788 in New Hampshire. She grew up with her two older brothers and little sister. Thanksgiving was her favorite holiday. Also, her sisters and brothers loved it, too. Then it inspired her to write a novel called Northwood, Life, North and South. She wrote how New Englanders celebrated Thanksgiving. She also wrote how Thanksgiving was celebrated as a national holiday. She started to write letters to every state in 1846. She refused to give up. She wrote thousands of letters and... In, finally, in September 28, 1863, Sarah wrote a letter to President Abraham Lincoln. Isn't that right, Abraham Lincoln? Well, yes. Her letter was very good. I invited her to the White House to visit me. Then I proclaimed that on the fourth Thursday of November, Thanksgiving was to be celebrated as a national holiday for all Americans. Well, that's how Thanksgiving became a national holiday. Now passing it on to you and the Biden, I mean... Thanks, guys. I bet you learned a lot about the first Thanksgiving, because I know I have. Tell your friends about our classes podcast. Try to tune in for more that we're making in the year. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening.